the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we're underway. It's a Monday. It's the 12th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2021. Thanks so much for being with us. We are loaded today and with good reason because there are a lot of very important things happening uh, today. Coming up in about uh, 40 minutes from right now, we will talk with Congressman Jim Jordan as we do each and every Monday about a host of issues, including a new uh, agenda set forth by the uh, Republicans Republicans on the Judiciary Committee. Of course, Jim Jordan is the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee to hold big tech accountable via antitrust law and a host of other things. Finally, they have drafted an agenda that will stop, if it goes through, the censorship of conservative-minded people on social media, essentially violating their First Amendment rights. So that's one of the big issues we'll talk about with Jim Jordan. Then at 1010, Patrick Wood will join us from Citizens for Free Speech and uh, Technocracy.news. Patrick is going to talk to us also about free speech and about big tech, but also the next wave of medical censorship. Censorship of your free speech, your free expression, your freedom of assembly because of the COVID variants. The CDC is ready to start sounding the fear alarm again that this fall we're going to have to go back under masks. We're going to have to go through this whole nonsense again. What do the folks at Citizens for Free Speech say about that? We'll talk to Patrick Wood. Then at 1035, John Hagan, Ohio uh, uh, House Representative, will be joining us. He is introducing legislation uh, to essentially outlaw critical race theory, outlaw uh, the teaching of overtly sexual uh sex education lessons, et cetera, in Ohio schools. He's going to be introducing a resolution today before the Ohio School Board, as I or excuse me, uh, in addition to the Ohio School Board meeting from happening today and tomorrow as well, as I understand it. We'll get the details from John Hagan coming up. So 
uh, Jim Jordan, Patrick Wood, and John Hagan all on the program today. If you can find a slot before, between, or after those conversations, I welcome your thoughts at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will bring you right to me. Before we get started with our news of the day, obviously we want to start with the Pledge of Allegiance. The left hates when we do this, which is exactly why we do this. Patriots, please stand. Face your flag if you have one. If you do not, just put your hand over your heart and join us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Libs, leftists, Marxists, you can go ahead and take your knee. We understand how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, thank you very much, my patriotic friends. Uh, A lot of big things happened over the weekend, including CPAC. President Trump gave a rousing speech to a a very, very receptive audience at uh, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee and Conference, and uh, it was something to behold. We're going to share some of that with you as we go. Uh, The straw poll, by the way, was not even close. They they always conduct a uh, straw poll of the potential candidates for the next presidential election uh, every year when they have CPAC. And uh, this was just a runaway, a blowout for President Trump. What it looks like when Donald Trump is in the race for 2024. Are we ready? 70 percent. 70% of those in attendance who took the straw poll at CPAC said Donald Trump should be the man to be on the top of the ticket in 2024. Second place was, as you might expect, Ron DeSantis, because he has done just a phenomenal job, a Trumpian job, if you will, in Florida. But uh, he came in at a very, very distant 21%. So Donald Trump is clearly the favorite of conservatives in this country, at least as represented by CPAC and that straw poll, which is oftentimes, you know, I don't want to call it the bellwether, but it is considered to be a very strong indicator of how uh, Republicans would vote in, in an election if it were held right now. So that was a big deal that happened this weekend, but it wasn't the only big deal that happened this weekend. In Cuba, and and you have to appreciate the irony of this i want you to really really soak this in in cuba thousands and thousands and thousands of oppressed cuban citizens began marching protesting demanding freedom in dozens and dozens of cuban cities they marched through the streets retaliating against the communist regime of Cuba. The Cuban Communist Party elected Miguel Diaz-Canel to replace Raul Castro back in April. Cubans in over 32 cities protested in retaliation to the communist regime, chanting freedom, down with communism, and patria evita, which stands for, or translates to rather, homeland and life. The demonstrators were demanding access to things like, you know, food, medicine, vaccines, and the end of communism. An end to the communist regime that has kept them oppressed, starving, and without medication for so long. An activist by the name of Luis Manuel Otero Alcantara, 
going to do my very best with these uh, names with which I'm not familiar, urged citizens to gather on a uh, boardwalk in Havana to fight for democracy, the Miami Herald reported. Footage showed a huge group of protesters marching in the Malecon uh, and waved the American flag while chanting liberty, or libertad there, liberty. Crowd of protesters gathered outside of the Communist Party headquarters, screaming, Cuba isn't yours. Cuba isn't yours. In another location, demonstrators on video chanting, we are not afraid. We are not afraid. Which, of course, is just the, the, the worst thing in the world to the ears of the communist masters, the overlords, because they thrive. They derive their power. They keep their power based on keeping the people afraid. Afraid to speak out. Afraid to push back. Afraid to demand freedom. The people are saying, we're not afraid. And I, I fear... I can only imagine what the retaliation is going to be from the communists. Because communists do not suffer people expressing themselves freely very well. Santiago de Cuba police joined the mass protests, marching alongside the demonstrators. The call for democracy, the call for liberty has sounded. In Cuba. Now, why am I talking about this? First of all, Cuba's 90 miles off the coast of Florida. It matters. Second of all, as I said in the open, you have to appreciate the irony. <clears throat> that a communist nation, in this case Cuba, has its oppressed citizens demanding liberty and waving the American flag as they do so. End communism, they scream. No more communism. And they wave the American flag as a beacon of what? Liberty. Now, why is that ironic? You know why that's ironic. Because here in the United States, the American left, sees the American flag as a symbol of racism, of tyranny, of oppression. And I'm not making any of that up. The Black Lives Matter Utah chapter, you saw the story last week, declared the American, not the Confederate flag, not the stars and bars, not the, not the, no, not the, the flag of the, confederacy but the flag of the union that defeated the confederacy and ended slavery and brought freedom to all peoples in the united states that flag is a symbol of hatred according to black lives matter the america hating black lives matter organization which counts lord knows how many millions of supporters in this country when we as black Americans see this flag, they say, we know the person flying it is not safe to be around. We know that person flying it is a racist. When we see this flag, we know that the person flying it lives in a different America than we do. When we see this flag, we question your intelligence. We know to avoid you. It's a symbol of hatred. What? I want you to appreciate the irony that 
comes along with the fact that Cubans are protesting against communism while leftist Americans are every day protesting against capitalism. Do you understand what that means? People living in real tyranny, people suffering under real oppression, people suffering under uh, a regime that just robs and denies people of their human, basic human rights, rights granted by God, not by man. People suffering in a nation like that are looking at the United States and waving our flag saying that's where we want to be. Now, Cubans are, by definition, well, not by definition, but by observation, in today's modern racial descriptive world, everything has to be described in some some way by color. Cubans are what one might call brown people. The left likes to say that brown and black people are discriminated against in America. Brown and black people can't get a fair shake in America. Brown and black people suffer from those who enjoy white privilege. Can somebody explain to me why all of those brown people in Cuba are waving an American flag? Screaming for liberty? Is it because they want Cuba to not be like America? Or they want Cuba to be just like America? Or, perhaps even better for them, do they want to come to America? Do they want to live under that flag? I promise you, when Cubans escape communism and come to the United States, they don't kneel before the flag. I promise you they don't see it as a symbol of hatred. Just like when people from Venezuela are able to escape the socialist nightmare that is that existence, when they come to the United States, they don't see themselves as being systemically oppressed brown people. And they don't take a knee before the flag or the anthem or the pledge either. Because they know that this country is the greatest hope that they have, that anyone in the world has, to achieve and to learn and to earn and to survive and to thrive. They know that this is the gold standard. So I want you to soak in the fact that people in communist nations are waving the American flag and denouncing communism, while liberals in the United States are burning and desecrating the American flag and denouncing capitalism. Do do you appreciate this? Do you understand how insane what we are doing to this country is right now? Other countries who are living the nightmare that the left is trying to build here in the United States are screaming, no, don't do it, don't do it. Don't make the same mistakes we had down with communism. Don't lift up communism. Don't lift up Marxism. Marxism in the form of critical theory, whether it be race or otherwise, don't institute that in your country. Your country is, is a land of freedom, a land of liberty, a land of opportunity. Don't do it. Down with communism, up with capitalism. But meanwhile, Black Lives Matter and Kamala Harris and AOC and Bernie Sanders and the rest of the leaders of the American left are screaming down with capitalism. 
They literally do not want a capitalist society. We must be anti-racist, according to Ibram X. Kendi, who is apparently the new Pied Piper of the American left when it comes to their agenda. And in order to be anti-racist, capitalism must go. Private property cannot exist. Government must control and distribute to everyone with equity. Not equality of opportunity, but equity of distribution, equity of outcome. Our country is on the verge because the left is in full power. Executive branch and both houses or both chambers of the legislative branch. They have full power. And they have our country on the verge of becoming communist Cuba. Meanwhile, the people in communist Cuba are screaming they would rather be Americans. I want you to ponder that. 216 We'd love to hear from you this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. said many times on this program that the most important voices to listen to when it comes to this political war that we are engaged in right now in the United States, when it comes to the ideological war that continues, even the culture war of this country between right and left, between conservative and leftist, um, I've, I've long said, and I've, I say this on the air and I say this in private events and speeches that I give, the most important people in the room to listen to are the people who came from oppressed countries that suffered under socialism, Marxism, or communism, or some variation of all three, because they're all obviously very closely related. Listen to these people. I have had Cuban expats on this program telling you how bad life was and is and was for them and is now for those who are still there under communist leadership. I have had Venezuelan expats. These are people who have left and fled and somehow gotten away from the communist islands and ended up here in the United States telling us what I saw there in our once prosperous land is what I see here. We all thought it never could happen. Venezuela was at one time the richest country in its region, for crying out loud. And they said it would never happen here the way it was in Cuba or in other communist lands. And they see the very same signs happening right here. As as opposition to long-held capitalist ideals and traditions in the United States grows, and the embracing of equity, diversity, and inclusion, and all of this nonsense is spread. They said, we see the same exact thing happening here. They want the government to dictate what people can say, how they can say it, when they can say it, where they can say it, how much they can own, what kind of schools they can go to, where they can live. And when the government gets control of all of those decisions, you no longer have control of your decisions. You are no longer a free person. They saw it happen in their own land. They see the same signs here, and they're screaming from the rooftops, Stop this now! Stop this now! Russians! 
Russian expats. I talked to one at a speech about a month ago, and I'm going to have him on the air. He's a dentist here. And I'm going to have him on the air here as he tells us what communism, communism looked like for him living in Russia. And you hear all the time, Chinese, not as many North Korean, because it's much harder, because they are just, talk about it, extraordinary oppression that they suffer. I mean, they can't breathe without somebody throwing them into a dungeon. Uh, so it's harder for them to get away. But there are North Koreans and certainly Chinese as well who have escaped communist rule, have escaped oppression, tyranny, starvation, people dying without medical care. They have faced all of those things. And they come to the United States, oh my gosh, I made it to the land of the free and the home of the brave. I made it. And then they see us implementing the same types of policies and decisions that led to what they just escaped. They're the most important people in the room to listen to. If you ever meet somebody who came to this country from a foreign country, like those that practice and that, and that uh, force communism upon the people, if you ever see those people, I promise you will never see them denigrating, desecrating, or, or in otherwise uh, dis, uh, uh, expressing disdain for the American flag or the American national anthem. They recognize greatness when they see it. The ungrateful American left thinks this country is just nothing but rotten to the core. It's systemically racist and abusive and stolen land, and they want to tear it down. 216-901-0945, This is the authority right back after the news. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer yes indeed 936 jim jordan coming up with us at uh, 948 so about 12 minutes from now if you want to get in and have your say on what we are talking about with respect to communism finally being uh challenged and and tested by the oppressed people of Cuba and compare that to what we're having, you know, what's happening right now in the United States. If you want to get in, do it now uh, because I've got guests the rest of the way. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Something else happened over the weekend. I look at Joe Biden's America and I don't recognize the country that I grew up in. I do not recognize the country that I grew up in. We see crime and hate we see division, lawlessness. It's completely unacceptable. It is all of those things. That was Governor Christy Nome from South Dakota speaking yesterday at, or uh, over the weekend at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee or Political Action Conference, uh, obviously the biggest um, uh, weekend of the year for the conservative movement. And they were galvanized behind one man. While there were some great speeches given by people like um, Christy Noem, they were galvanized behind one man, and it was this man. In a matter of mere months, Joe Biden has brought our country to the brink of ruin. And he is exactly correct about all of it. The Democrats know their policies on crime are so unpopular, so radical, so crazy. They are now trying to pretend they never led the defund the police movement in the first place. 
They led it. They ran it. They executed it, carried it out. That's what they did. And the crime wave that is the result of it is exactly what they were hoping for. Chaos and anarchy. This is how you tear down a country. Here's more from President Trump. We created the most secure border in all of American history by far. Biden's border crisis is also helping drive an unprecedented crime wave. And that's why it's so extraordinarily important for the Republican Party to take back majorities in the House and the Senate in the midterm. Now, for the next 16 months, we must pour every ounce of our energy into winning a historic victory in the midterms. During my administration, our country was respected again. It is no longer respected it is taken advantage of it and is laughed at because of the doddering bumbling fool who is in charge of now it. china is totally on the offense making joe biden and our country look weak soft and pathetic yeah pretty much all of those things so uh it was a huge weekend like i said uh, cpac is terrific there were some great speakers i don't have time to play them all for you obviously as i have guests coming up on our program, but the big story out of CPAC is what I mentioned, the straw poll, which is kind of the, you know, the coup de grace, if you will. It's the big moment of the uh, of the convention or the conference, and uh, everyone in attendance, all of the conservatives in attendance, cast their vote for who they would like to see as a Republican nominee for president in the next election, and they do this every year. And it's not close. We're just, what, seven months, now eight months removed from the, the stolen election of November 3rd, 2020. And conservatives at CPAC to the tune of 70% said they want Donald Trump to have another crack at this. That Donald Trump should have been the uh, 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 winner of the November election. And because he is not, he doggone well had better get another opportunity in 2024. Uh, Ron DeSantis, a guy that I like a ton and I would love to see as a potential presidential candidate, Unless, of course, it causes division within the party uh, because of support for Trump. Ron DeSantis finished second with a 21% total, 70 to 21. Nobody else was like over 5%. It was, it was unbelievable. So Donald Trump is still running the party. Donald Stump, Trump is still running the um, uh, conservative movement in this country. And CPAC put that all on display, which I have to admit was a, uh, a, a pretty surprising thing. I know how much so many love the former president. I know he should still be president. Uh, and uh, I told him so uh, when I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago before his appearance in Wellington. Um, but I have to tell you, I'm a, I was a little surprised at the margin. I thought there might be a stronger movement for some people to say, President Trump, we want you to run the party, be the America First platform developer, and put somebody like Ron DeSantis, who doesn't have quite as adversary, uh, an adversarial relationship with the left, uh, at least for now, and put him in that seat. But it wasn't close to that. It was 70 to 21, so now we know how, uh, uh, how conservatives feel. And we'll see if that changes at all over the course of the next uh, couple of years, and certainly in this cycle for the um, uh, midterm election primaries in March. Uh, back to the Cuban issue. We'll go to John and Shard now. Hey, John, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, go right ahead, John. Hey, good morning, Bob. Why I have a plan here. that uh, Why don't we t- have the people that want uh, socialism slash communism in this country and let them uh, export them to Cuba? <laughs> and then the people, the freedom fighters there in Cuba, they can come here. You know, I would make that trade in a heartbeat. I would make that trade in a heart. All anybody in the United States, particularly Gen X, or excuse me, Gen Zers or millennials, 
that are wearing their cool red, communist red Che Guevara uh, uh, T-shirts around. Every single one of them, and people who don't know who Che Guevara is, you got to study that up a little bit. He was uh, he was uh, Castro's right hand man, his henchman, his his murderer for hire. Uh, but uh, you know he's he's a Cuban hero to radicals who never had to live in Castro and Guevara's communist Cuba. To everybody else outside, it's cool to be all pro communist. You know uh, Fidel and uh, and Che Guevara. So anybody, and that includes, by the way, John Colin Kaepernick who, of course, started so much of this movement with the kneeling nonsense, wears Castro T-shirts because he has uh, 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 um, support and respect for the man. Any American who has worn a Castro or a Che Guevara T-shirt around should automatically be sent to Cuba. And, yes, every single person who is sent there we can replace with a Cuban freedom seeker or freedom fighter who would appreciate this country, bring them uh, on board here instead. One other plus for the uh, Cuba is it's nice and warm down there year-round. The weather is just great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's especially toasty in the gulags uh, that they throw you in. Down in the, it's nice and warm, nice and comfortable down there. John, I like yeah. it. Thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. You know, it's he's obviously you know being somewhat tongue-in-cheek, although you know uh, I, I understand the point. Um, but this is this is kind of what I meant when I said uh, several times. Why isn't there a mad rush for the border not to get into the United States, but to get out of the United States? If it's as bad as Black Lives Matter thinks it is and tells you it is, if it's as bad as uh, uh, the American left tells you that it is, if it's systemically racist, if it's white privileged and all the rest, and, and black and brown people cannot get a fair shake here in the United States, if that's the case, why isn't there a mad rush for the border going in the other direction? Why aren't they flocking to to uh, uh, to uh, Mexico in order to go down to more favorable countries that are more favorable to brown and black people? Why not? Why aren't they asking for flights to Cuba so that they can re you know make make their lives start over again uh, in Cuba or in Venezuela? Why aren't they just saying you know what, man, this terrible racist nation of the United States is so bad? Let's go to one of the others. No, the reality is. Those people who are living in those other countries under the oppressive thumb of tyrants, they are sacrificing, or rather they are risking their lives to get here, where freedom still exists. By the way, I've been talking about this for 45 minutes, and I've already now for 45 minutes said more about the Cuban revolution or the Cuban protests calling for an end to the communist government than Joe Biden has said. Not Word one from Joe Biden. Why is it so hard for the Biden administration and the American Democrats? Why is it so hard for them to condemn communism and say we stand with the freedom-seeking Cuban people? Why is that so hard? Congressman Jim Jordan will join us next. As promised, let's uh, bring Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, with us on AM 1420. The answer, Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm just perplexed, Congressman. I'm really, really confused. I see a bunch of freedom fighters in communist mm-hmm. Cuba 
protesting, <laughs> taking to the streets, and denouncing capitalism while waving the American flag. And yet here in the United States, a free nation where people have liberty, I see American leftists burning the American flag and protesting capitalism instead. What, what, yeah. what a strange yeah. irony that is, isn't it, that people who are living under communist oppression desire the United States, while people who have the United States desire the communist oppression that they see uh, they see down in Cuba? Yeah, and, and it's worse yet. There, even, uh, there was some story this weekend, I think, where they're trying to cancel the word freedom itself. Freedom is an anti-government word. It was like, well, holy cow, of course, freedom is about freedom. It's, it, <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's, it's frightening. It's, it's scary, but I guess in some ways when you've been denied uh, the chance to have goals and have dreams and go make them happen, like so many people in so many places around the world, they want what we have. And then people who've had it here, I guess, they, uh, what, for whatever reason, they don't, uh, they don't fully appreciate the, the, the wonderful gift of freedom that we have in the greatest country ever here, the United States of America. It's really scary. Why do you think it is that the President of the United States has been silent on this now? This has been going on for 24, 36 hours, unless I missed it. I have not heard a word from Joe Biden or from Kamala Harris or anybody in the executive branch uh, saying we stand with the freedom fighters, those who are seeking liberty, we oppose the communist uh, uh, regime in Cuba. Why have they not said a word? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, part of it could be, you know, Biden, you know, it's, it's, he's kind of embarrassing uh, the things he does say when he does decide to speak. And, you know, there I saw some poll this week that um, I think a majority of Americans wonder who's actually making the key decisions uh, in, in the White House. So it, 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 it could be that. Uh, but it also could be simply that maybe they're just afraid of the radical left, the very people you decided, the, the, the left who uh, who want to move this country uh, towards socialism, who want to embrace socialism, who frankly, and we've talked about this before, who frankly just don't like America. It's sad. You now have a the, the, uh, a major portion of the Democrat Party who simply does not like the country and does not like the values that made it, what, what, what you and I would say make the country the greatest place ever. So uh, it could be all of that as well, but it is, it is kind of frightening in, in, uh, to see the President of the United States not embrace these people in Cuba who simply want liberty, who simply want freedom and want a better standard of living. Well, you know, Q, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders is another one. He has praised the Castro regime, both, you know, Fidel and then Raul. He has praised the, the communist regime down there. Now again, the people are, are fighting and, and they're, and they're, and they're trying to, to, you know, earn their own freedom. Uh, they're trying, yep. I don't want to say they're trying to overthrow the government, but they're certainly making their voices heard for the first time in this manner in some 30 years. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who is an avowed socialist, yep. who literally describes yep. himself as a socialist, same VOC. They're not saying a word about this. Congressman. No, I know. I know. And it's, again, I, I don't get it. Uh, but I, maybe, maybe it's just as simple as that's who they are. Deep down, Bernie Sanders, he's, he's a socialist. So, so he can't criticize people who are actually criticizing socialism and wanting, wanting freedom. Um, you know, I, I, maybe I've shared this with you before, but I've been to Cuba. I, I wrestled in Cuba in 1988, 1990. I've been to what was the Soviet Union in 1987. And I, I tell people all the time, you go to places like that, you thank the good Lord you live here. Um, it's not about the people. People are people. We're all in need of God's grace. But when you have systems that, that don't have free markets, don't have private property rights, don't have freedom, bad things happen. And you can see why people want to rebel against it. I, I saw it up close and personal. It is not good. And you can see why people are doing what they're doing. And for leaders in our country not to support that and embrace people who want freedom, it's a sad thing. 
Um, you mentioned uh, the word freedom being cons- uh, construed as a uh, as an anti-government slogan. This was from the New York Times. Did they also tip their hand here? The New York Times tweeted, quote, shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. Hundreds of Cubans took to the streets, yada, yada, yada. That's all we need to hear. Freedom is considered by the New York Times an anti-government slogan. I, I, I don't understand this in, in, in a free country. Freedom is the word that is most associated with the United States. And when you think about America, you think of freedom. You think of, when you think about America, you think about the Statue of Liberty. You think about the flag. You think about freedom, the right to have a goal, have a dream, go make it happen for yourself, for your Land family. Free home that's, what that's this, what I think of. Yes, that's what this country is about. And then to somehow twist that and say that, that there's some negative connotation to that word, to try to cancel the word freedom. This is how crazy the left has become. And, and I, we, we, we talk about this every week, I think, about, but this is why elections are so darn important and why in, in, in 18 months we better win back the House so we can put the, put the brakes on this Biden administration, which has had the worst six months to the start of any administration that I can certainly remember. Um, it's why elections matter. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is why it's so frustrating to hear the Biden administration. They just... They, they, they really have a hard time condemning communism. That's why they won't speak out yep. against the Chinese Communist Party. They won't speak out against the Cuban Communist regime. They won't speak out against the, uh, even Kim Jong-un in, and, uh, and his communist uh, uh, you know, oppressive land in North Korea. So they, they just really seem to have this affinity for communism, and I think it's coming out, the fact that they will not even condemn. What, uh, and what a contrast with, with Reagan, who, who spoke out against it. What a contrast with President Trump, who stood up to China, the first president we've had to stand up. What a contrast between the actions of those two individuals defending America, putting America first, putting freedom first, and Joe Biden and the Biden administration in today's life. Congressman, I love when you give me segues, and you did uh, when you mentioned this is why elections are so important. Uh, I want to ask you about these ongoing attempts to, um, you know, bring back voter integrity to state elections. There are several states that have passed incredibly mm-hmm. important laws that make it harder to cheat, easier to vote, which is exactly how it's supposed to be. Uh, and that includes voter identification. But somebody didn't tell Kamala Harris, because the vice president of the United States said in an interview that was seen this weekend that... You know, asking people to get identifications in order to send a copy of it in, for example, in with their absentee ballot or their uh, vote-by-mail ballot, uh, that's asking too much of rural Americans because they don't have Kinko's copies and they don't have Xerox machines. She said this. They don't have Xerox machines in rural America, so they can't send in their their, uh, 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 photo identification. What do you say to her? Yeah. Well, Bob, because you and I, we live in flyover country. We're just hillbillies from Ohio. You know, we, we, we don't live on the East Coast or the West Coast, so we're not smart enough to take care of ourselves. We're not smart enough to, to, to accomplish things and get things. I mean, this is how they see us. This, this, it's like, I would say the reason they go after President Trump so much is because they don't like us. They don't like us regular folks who, who don't think, you know, who, who aren't dependent on government and, 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 and liberals and, and, you know, part of the elite on the, on the coast. So that's what this is all about. And, and I think, you know, I think Americans see it, like the derision that she has for us regular people. Um, it, 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 it's not going to play well, and I, I certainly don't think it's playing well at all. With uh, with this administration, well, you know, you know what it smacks of to me. It, it was it brought back to me, you know, 
the rubes in Ohio and in Indiana and Oklahoma and Kansas and Nebraska, all those all those uh, nuts uh, clinging to their guns and their religion. That's what it's smacked yep. of to me. You know, the Hillary Clinton insult of rural America or fly yeah. over America. Just, you know, these, and now, these, these rubes don't know what right. they're doing. Right. And now, Bob, they want to knock on your door and, 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 and uh, give, you, give you your vaccine. Uh, you know, what's next? Knock on your door, give your vaccine, and oh, why we're here, we're going to check and see if you got any firearms or if you got any Bibles. I mean, it's ridiculous. The things they say, you, you know, that this, this whole idea that they're going to go door to door and check on people's vaccine status. I mean, in America, you got to be kidding me. But that's what they're talking about. And again, I think it just shows how out of touch they are with what this country is really about and where the American people uh, are at. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, what should Americans do when they get the knock on the door from the federal government volunteers? Yeah, say, no, no thanks. You know, in America, we have this thing called freedom. I'm going to take care of myself and, and, our, and our family. Um, you, you, can, uh, you can mind your own business. I mean, that's, it's ridiculous for him to say that. To, to, look, if you want to get the vaccine, great. I'm all for it. But this idea that, you know, big government is going to come knocking at your door telling you what, they have, what you have to do. I was, I, was about, I was thinking about letting my dog answer the door. Uh, but, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Congressman, last thing I want to get into, because you introduced this last week, the Judiciary Committee, you and other Republicans on the Judiciary Committee, uh, have an agenda now, introduced uh, an agenda to regulate big tech over censorship uh, and moderation of yeah. conservatives, finally going after them via antitrust laws. Can you tell us more about that? Accountability. Uh, look, if you're going you're gonna to make content decisions, you're not going to have your ability protection. That, that goes away. Uh, you want to be able to sue uh, with a private right of action like the president is doing right now. We want to make we want to explicitly state that as well so that Americans know when they get censored, they can they can go after these companies. Transparency. If big tech censors you, <clears throat> if they take down some of your content, they should have to post why they did it so the whole world can see. And then you can figure it out. And then you can you can maybe that's then then you can you can proceed with a lawsuit if you need to. And then finally, we want some some what, what we call speed or accelerated judicial review which is in the, in there's some antitrust cases happening right now. We want an expedited path to the Supreme Court so we can get an answer. And these things won't take seven, eight, nine years like they've traditionally done in, in, in our, in our past. Um, so that's the, that we think that's the answer versus giving more power to Lena Khan and the Federal, um, Communications Commission, um, or excuse me, Federal Trade Commission, FTC, um, Instead of giving more power to big government, Lena Khan, who used to work for Jerry Nadler and, and, the, and the Democrat impeachment managers, I don't think she's going to actually deal with this in the right way. So we think this is the, the proper approach, and that's why we introduced the legislation. Was this uh, legislation introduced specifically because President Trump just announced his lawsuit against big tech, or was this? A- no, it was done. In, it was done in conjunction with all that. Uh, what, what the president's doing is good too, because that's going to draw attention to just how ridiculous this whole area is. And Americans get this; they know what's happening to our First Amendment liberties. They know what's happening to our free speech rights. They get this. Uh, we, we want a specific plan of action legislatively. Now, to get it done, we're going to have to win back the House and the Senate and put President Trump back in the White House. But um, we need to we need to lay out what needs to happen. Is there it's one thing when we talk about uh, the censorship of conservatives and so on and so forth. We've all seen that the shadow banning and everything else. But, but what what frustrates me is when they try to tell us uh, which doctors we should listen to and which ones we shouldn't. In other words, they censor, ban, or cover up or or block accounts that that uh, that promote, yep. for example, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or something yep. instead of the vaccine. They they're literally saying, "Nope, this is misinformation. This is medical misinformation that's too dangerous for other people to see because we say so. So that's got to go." Would would this legislation yep. you're talking about regulate that? 
Well, yes, it would give the, it would give people who get taken down uh, the chance to bring bring cause of action for that uh, for that content moderation decision made by big tech. So yes, but you're right. In, in those examples you cited, turns out they were wrong. I mean, the whole lab leak theory turns out it looks like it's it's exactly what happened. And we did this thing with Dr. Fauci two weeks ago, where I am convinced Dr. Fauci knew on January 31st at 10:32 p.m. when he got the email saying. This is not consistent with uh, evolutionary theory. This looks engineered. I'm convinced he knew clear back in January of 2020 that this came from a lab, and yet for a year he told us different, and big tech went along with telling us different. It turns out now, oh, looks like we were right that it did come from the from from the lab. So um, that's the, that's the part that drives you crazy. They censor this stuff, and it turns out they're wrong all the time. Yeah, and, and, and of course, it's much later after the fact that we find out the truth, after the damage has been done, and that's the problem. Yep. So much damage was done yep. as a result of all of this. Congressman Jim Jordan, keep up the great work, sir. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. You too, Bob. Thanks, Bob. That's Jim Jordan. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. Patrick Wood, Citizens for Free Speech, Executive Director, will join us to talk more about big tech, censorship, and the First Amendment next, AM 1420, The Answer.